Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. So good to have you here with us today on episode 319. We've got a great show for you today as we are continuing our series on student success stories from here within the Speaker Lab. Now, today we're going to be talking about speaking as a side hustle, which is awesome because I know that many of you listening are either considering it or you're already doing it. And so today we're going to be talking with Ryan Gottfredson. Uh, he's the perfect person to join me for this conversation because uh, not only is Ryan a full-time professor at Cal State Fullerton, but on the side, he's been consulting and speaking for the last several years. Now, one of the things I really like about Ryan is that he has really defined the rules of the game for his speaking business and what it is that he wants to accomplish. And so in our conversation, you're going to hear him talk about his, his schedule, his travel, his wallet, and how all of these things factor into which gigs he passes on and which gigs he books. Now, now, even though we refer to this as a side hustle, I want you to notice how Ryan says that the, as momentum has grown in his business through following the Speaker Lab plan, it doesn't really feel like hustling anymore. He's really built a significant amount of momentum. So we're going to get into all that. We're also going to talk about going from free to fee. We're going to talk about why he chose to work with the Speaker Lab in the first place. Lots of good stuff here. Let's get right into it. Here is full-time professor, part-time speaker, Ryan Gottfriedson. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Graham Bolden here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Today, we are joined by Ryan Gottfriedson, and uh, we're going to be talking through Ryan's speaking journey. And uh, he actually went through one of our training programs a few years ago, has seen uh, a lot of results and success since then. So excited to, uh, to hear about that. So, uh, Ryan, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate you being here. First of all, why don't you give us a quick snapshot on uh, who do you speak to? Uh, what are you speaking about? How does speaking fit into your world today? Yeah, I think it's probably important to understand that I'm a leadership professor at Cal State Fullerton. And so I focus on the leadership space in terms of my research. And then, of course, I do some teaching there. But then my speaking is kind of my side hustle, okay. uh, as well as I do consulting as well. And where I primarily focus is on the topic of mindsets. So mindsets being the mental lenses that we wear that shape how we think, learn and behave. And I employ kind of my expertise there to help develop leaders and individuals individually or else help organizations enhance their culture to become more agile or future ready. Okay. Gotcha. So since you are a full-time professor, uh, the speaking is on the side. Is that primarily uh, we, uh, weekends and during the summers or what does that look like for you? How does that fit in? Yeah. The great thing about being a professor is I have a huge amount of autonomy. And now that we're going to be virtual all fall, then it really opens it up even more. So um, the only times that I really have to be present in terms of uh, university responsibilities are the days that I teach. And so I've got it set up where I teach uh, Mondays and Wednesdays, and that generally leaves um, sometimes Tuesdays if it's local, but Thursdays and Fridays are, are generally the dates that I could do during the school year. 
but then uh, summer and January are, are largely wide open for me. And so I try to capitalize on the, um, those times. Awesome. Very cool. And so one of the things that's, that I've always really enjoyed about speaking, we, we tell speakers all the time is that there's no right or wrong way to be a speaker as far as the amount or when you do it. And so like you, you get to define the rules of the game. So for you, if you're just like, Hey, I'm available Thursdays and Fridays. I'm available, you know, June, July, August, I'm available January. And that's pretty much it. Like you get to decide like, Hey, here's what it looks like for me. So by doing that, obviously there's some trade-offs with it. There's the, you know, someone's like, we'd love to have you on a you know Tuesday. And you're like, I got a class. I can't, you know, um, and so you recognize that, but still you get to define speaking in a way that makes sense for you. So you mentioned that you're, you're located in uh, Cal State, Southern Cal there. Do you try yeah. to just do stuff that's fairly geographically located for you? Or are you trying to do stuff kind of wherever, wherever a plane can get you back in time for? Or how are you thinking about that? Yeah. And so I've been doing this for about two and a half years. Um, and maybe just let me mention a little bit about my journey. And, and, and the speaker lab came in at the front end of, of my journey, which was fantastic because it just helped me understand the foundation I needed to lay to be able to jump off of and allowed me to have, I think, um, some healthy expectations going into it. So for the first year, um, I probably did 30 uh, to 35 events. And, and so first year, how, how many years ago was that? So that I started uh, January of 2018. Okay. So during that cal calendar year, I probably had 35-ish events and probably somewhere between five and 10 were paid. Everything okay. else was kind of free as a, I just knew I needed to get my name out there. The next year, um, I did over 50 events and then mm. the percentage flipped. So I was probably... 66% um, of those were paid gigs. And now yeah. I'm kind of to the point where I, I'm essentially only doing paid gigs unless it's going to lead to some potential um, um, engage, future engagements. And, gotcha. and so the vast majority of them are, are paid gigs now. So for me, I, I haven't been really geographically connected other than when I started out. It's just when I was doing free gigs, it's easy to do it local. But now that I'm not doing as many free gigs. I, I go wherever, maybe I follow the money a little bit and, sure. and uh, it seemed to work out to a certain degree. And with the COVID-19 thing happening, everything's gone virtual. So for example, there was one week here about a month ago where um, I spoke to a company in Germany, a company in Ohio, a, a group in Florida and another company in Utah. So all in the same week. Had, yeah, so if we not had COVID, and everything be virtual, all of those would have been in-person sessions. Yeah. But I was able to do all four of those in one week from the comfort of my own home. That's awesome, man. I never, yeah. never have to leave. You get to sleep in your own bed. That's, uh, that's the best. Yep. Uh, okay, so I'm curious then, um, uh, when you're talking about a topic like leadership, and it sounds like that that's what the, some of the courses are that you're, you're teaching there at school, uh, that's yep. what your, your research is in, that's what you, you are passionate about and study. Leadership is one of those kind of big, broad topics that can appeal to humans, everybody, right? And so that's one of the challenges that a lot of speakers have, especially early on, is you're just trying to figure out, you know, here's this topic, whether it's, um, you know, uh, leadership or motivation or, um, you know, those type of things that are just kind of like big topics that appeals to anybody and everybody, but you don't want to necessarily try to appeal to anybody and everybody. So how have you kind of navigated to figure out this is a talk that could appeal to anybody, but if I try to market it that way, I'm probably not going to get real far. So how have you kind of figured that part out? Well, I, if I'm being very honest with you, I'm not sure I've figured that out. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out. I think, um, I think the topic that I focus on mindsets is 
a foundational principle for leadership effectiveness. And, and I do think it is applicable to everybody. So part of me is like, I want to speak to everybody because I know <laughs> it could help anybody. Um, but, but then the other hand is, well, you're casting a super wide net. Mm -hmm. And what I found is that my, my biggest speaking engagements have actually been the easiest sells, right? So I've, I've had, you know, I would say two or three $10,000 plus engagements. And those, in all honesty, have been the easiest sells out of all of them. And why? the reason why yeah. is because these, these engagements, these are people that are, I've learned are already talking about mindsets. They want to deepen their focus on mindsets and, and they have been um, introduced to me somehow and know that I could bring the depth that they're looking for. And so it's like, they, they call me up and said, when can you start instead of, well, what do you do? And how can, how do you think this can help us is they already know all of that. So yeah. my, my trick and what I'm trying to you know, do more of is how do I, how do I identify those individuals better? But then the other part of it is, um, and I would say the aspect of COVID-19, one of the struggles is, is as I've moved virtually, um, that's done really well with specific organizations, but there's not a whole lot of conferences or things like that that mm -hmm. have been going on. And that's where I, I, I know that that's going to grow my speaking business. So if I do a one-off with an organization, that won't necessarily lead to another engagement in the future. But if I speak at a conference, then it's usually three or four engagements. And so um, I think I'm kind of in a place where I'm trying to figure out how do I continue to grow without necessarily being in front of these larger, more diverse audiences than than what I have in the past. Does that make sense? Yeah. So those, those few $10,000 gigs that you've done that you said, those are just easy. I talked to them and it was, it was not a if, but when, um, so how did they, like, how did you already have that kind of rapport and connection with them prior to, you know, the conversation or the, or the eventual pitch that you had? Yeah. So, uh, one of them was, I, as I started to get going and I'm doing a little bit less of this now. Um, but, but as I was getting going, I was doing a lot of guest posting and in, in outlets that I thought would be consumers of the type of work. So my first big engagement came through an article that I wrote, um, for the association for, uh, talent development. So ATD, um, they, um, they, the company that brought me in, they had just read the article and they're like, bam, this is what we need. And it, it worked out. The other two engagements came from speaking. Uh, one was actually at the ATD conference. Uh, somebody heard me speak there and just kind of just came out to me afterwards, said, we need to work together. And then a similar thing happened just at a, at a different conference. And so it's just the more that I, I feel like I could get in front of people, that's where the bang from the buck comes. I, yeah. While I did have a win from a, a, an article posted online, I, I'm not sure if I've had any others than that. Yeah, um, And I feel like I, I have spent a lot of time and effort doing that. And I think it's helped lay a foundation for me online in terms of um, a little bit of status uh, or reputation. But at the same time, I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily brought in business or at least as much as I thought it might. 
You mentioned that a couple of those other gigs came from you spoke, someone in the audience uh, sees you, hey, can you come do that for our company or for our organization? One of the things that we talk a lot about is that speaking is very much a momentum business. And so building momentum just, just takes time. And you also, you, you never have any clue who's in the audience. And so you may speak yeah. and say something and the right person sees you. I know I, for me, I can think of a couple of moments that were like kind of key breaks, you know, early on of building some of that momentum. So I'm curious, especially that first year, you do 30, 35 gigs, the majority of them are free. Were you finding that doing all of those was leading to some other opportunities? Because it's, it's kind of difficult at times where you're like, I love speaking, but I'm, I'm not running a nonprofit here. Like I want to get paid and I'm doing a lot of free things here and I'm wondering if it's worth it. So looking back now, did you find that those free gigs were leading to other opportunities or were uh, eventually helping to, to build some of that momentum or uh, how did those early free gigs help you uh, later on? I, I really appreciate you, that you're diving into this. And I think, because I don't think, and it's, I think you do a good job of this, but I think anybody who's starting any sort of business, we, I rarely hear people talk about the anxiety that people are experiencing during the sure. startup phase. And, and there, there was a lot of anxiety of that for me in the sense of, I have no clue. And I just feel like I'm planting seeds and I really hope that they'll, that, that they'll pop and they'll bloom, but I have no clue. And so over that first year, um, I would say that the, the momentum slowly built, it definitely didn't come as quickly as I would have liked. So there were some early gigs that I did that I, I thought, man, this is surely I'm going to get some leads from this. <laughs> right. It's just the perfect audience. Uh, I, I felt like I delivered well. Um, got, you know, really well complimented. People came up and said, I think we're going to want to bring you in. And then nothing ever, ever happened. Yeah. Um, and so I would say out of those 36-ish gigs, I would say probably five of them led to future gigs. Yeah. And, and but of those five, there's it's probably multiple gigs out of those five. So it's almost like I couldn't, as I look back, I couldn't predict when lightning would strike. And yes. it's really scary to kind of think, is lightning ever going to strike? And the reality is, is yes, it does, but it doesn't happen as much as I would like it to, uh, or as much as I think it would. But when it does, it's awesome. And it kind of is a big strike, it feels like. And sometimes it feels like, you know, you may go speak at something and there is someone in the audience who's like, Hey, that guy was really good. That guy was really good. I want to, I want to hire them for something in the future, but it may not be like, Hey, we've got something in six months. Are you available? You know, it may be the type of thing. And, and maybe you've experienced this where uh, just recently I got invited to go speak at something and I was asking, I was like, how did you first come across my stuff? And they said, well, I, I saw you speak. And I think it was like seven years ago. I was like, oh, I, I would have been horrible then. You know, there's no way that you should yeah. invite me now. But that type of thing where at the time, you know, they, they remembered something about the talk or the presentation or interacting with me or whatever it may be. And so it led to something years later, but you can't like, you can't plan that in the moment of like, okay, do a really good job because seven years from now, it may or may not turn into something like it just doesn't work like that. But at the same time, it, it does work like that and that those opportunities continue to come out. So I'm, I'd be curious, like if you were to look back now, you mentioned like of those 30, 35 gigs that you did, five of them really led to something. And it's kind of like that 80-20 rule or maybe even more of like a 90-10. And those, those five led to gigs that maybe led to other gigs that maybe you could point to 
I don't know, maybe I've done 10, 15, 20 gigs that I can directly point to that first year that again, kind of built that, that snowball. So have you kind of found that to be the case over the past few years? Yeah. Let me tell you about one of my snowballs. So, um, I don't know if you know who Whitney Johnson is. She's got a podcast, kind of a thought leader in the, okay. in the management space. And, and she brought me on uh, her podcast as a live kind of coaching call. So I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm not this expert at, at, at this point. And she's just kind of walking me through building up my, my new business, my new entrepreneurial venture, which includes the speaking. And, and people heard it. And I got inundated with with emails, which generally doesn't, I've been on about a hundred different podcasts and I got more emails from that one podcast. And it was one of my early ones than any of the others that I've done. And, and, but what it did is there's a woman in South Carolina who, who listens to her podcast, listened to me and she would, is responsible for bringing in speakers for her organization. And it's, it's an agricultural banking organization. I know, like she called me up. I'm like, I know zero about agriculture. She's right. like, it doesn't matter because we're developing leaders. I said, great. So I speak at that event. Um, and then another person at that event says, we're going to do this for a different group within our same organization in six months. Can you do that? And, and then, uh, okay, yes. And then there was another individual that was in that crowd who um, supports other areas of the agricultural world across the country, they connected with me. And now I'm essentially on a, on an agricultural circuit. Right. Um, and you know, so in fact, next month I'm going is one of these big clients is this agricultural company in the middle of nowhere, Illinois. And, um, and they it just kind of has come through this. So in some ways I've, I, I probably, um, maybe almost 10% of my speaking has come in the ag- agricultural space just because a lucky break that led an me initial podcast to now be part, now I'm essentially, I feel like part of their circuit. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the things that I, I want to try to figure out is how do you replicate getting into the circuit? Because I know that there's, there's not just a circuit for agriculture. There's a circuit everywhere. And, and how do you break into that is, is you know, a challenge. I'm thinking, how do I do that? How do I replicate that? And, and so I'm, you know, I'm trying to throw stuff against the wall to figure that out. So yeah. if you've got any tips for me, then <laughs> I'm no, but you're, you're, you know, you're absolutely on the right track though, as far as uh, there are kind of like these subgroups and, and like individual ponds where uh, organizations talk and event planners know each other. And it's kind of like, if you go to a movie that you like or a restaurant that you like, you want to tell other people about it. And so whenever an organization or a group is hiring a speaker, there is an inherent risk that is this person going to do a good job? Are they going to say the right things? Are they going to embarrass us in any way? And so when, when an organization or event works with a speaker who nails it and just does a great job, it's naturally the type of thing that they want to tell their friends and like, Hey, we just had Ryan in. Ryan was awesome. You need to hire Ryan. And it is, it starts to feel like they're just passing you around, which Mm -hmm. is perfect. That's ideally what you want. But that also speaks to why we spend so much time talking about you want to focus small rather than big, you know, so to, to the topic of leadership, well, I want to, uh, you know, it'd be easy to say, I want to appeal to humans. I want, any organization is looking for mindset help or leadership help. I'm your guy versus like saying, I'm just going to focus on agriculture. And it's counterintuitive because it feels like, well, if I just focus on agriculture, I'm limiting my options. There's so many others I could speak to, but by focusing on that and focusing on one specific vertical, now it doesn't mean you can only speak to agriculture forever and ever and ever, but, uh, but once 
you kind of like make your way around there and then starting to explore other verticals and other niches, uh, there's absolutely a lot of opportunities there. So uh, one of the things that I would, I would recommend for you is to think through like you've at this point, sounds like you've done, you know, maybe a hundred plus gigs. Uh, are there any that you look back on that you, that went really, really well that you're like, I want to do more of those. If I can find, how are, there's gotta be more like this group, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And it could be, um, or maybe you've done like, I did two or three of those, but I know that there's hundreds of others like them out there. Uh, and so it could be, you know, in the medical field and healthcare, it could be banking, could be any number of groups or organizations, but where are more groups like this? Um, mm-hmm. Because they're absolutely out there. And so that's where you can start to, to dig in to uh, start to go that direction. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. So I want to go back in time for a second. So uh, you are a full-time professor. Did, the, did being a professor come first or did speaking come first? What were you doing pre-speaking days? Yeah, so um, part of it is, is that Southern California is not a cheap place to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, while, while professors make a decent amount of money, it's, it's still not a ton when you're living in a very expensive place to live. Yeah. So I had actually made a transition as, as a way to try to kind of shake up my career and kind of get closer to where I knew I could be. So I was at Cal State Fullerton for two years. I took a leave of absence for a year and did some consulting work with a company called Gallup. And, and it just wasn't a great fit. And so I came back to the university. And when I came back to the university, I just, you know, it hit me on the top of the head, like, you, you've got to try something different. And, and the beauty, what I learned about Gallup was, I had no autonomy, like I, I just had to do everything they wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of academia is I could do whatever I want to do as long as you know, I, I'm doing the things that that count for the university, like sure. public and, and teach classes things like that but but if I wanted to develop a my own consulting business I do exactly what I want to do not what Gallup is telling me to do and so uh, that really appealed to me and and so I kind of said to myself after coming back from Gallup and back to the university is I want to start up my own thing and I kind of didn't know what this thing would be other than I, I wanted to help organizations and help them develop their leaders. And, and speaking seemed to be one of the maybe easier ways to get my foot in the door and bring in a revenue for doing larger consulting projects that, that I wanted to do. And so, um, so I, I kind of see my, my personal business as being a conglomeration of a variety of things, and, which includes speaking, uh, consulting. Uh, I've written a book, um, and then I, I recently developed an online course. So, so I'm trying to figure out ways in which I can spread my expertise across a variety of mediums. And I would say, for me, speaking, um, which which for me, I kind of classify broader speaking, but also doing workshops for organizations mm-hmm. of speaking. That's been my primary source of revenue, and it's kind of been the easiest way. Um, to get revenue and to get things going. Like an online course I've learned is just really hard to get off the ground. Yep. Um, people, I hear people say all the time, oh, this is passive income. It's like the least passive thing in the world. <laughs> right. So, yep. Yep. Um, and, and so where, well, I'm not saying speaking is passive, but it, it's, a, it's a direct connection and it's, it's a pretty direct and sh- um, there's not very many steps to go from kind of blank sheet 
to speaking to a group. And, yeah. and so it, it's relatively uh, a, a small step that, that has been kind of the, developed into the foundation of the revenue generating element of my business. Gotcha. Hey friends, I got a question for you. Considering where you are in your speaking journey, what are your next steps to take your speaking career to the next level? If your answer is, I, I have no idea or I have too many ideas, I don't know where to start. Let me give you what I believe is the best next step that you can take. I want you to book a call with the Speaker Lab team today over at thespeakerlab.com slash coach. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash coach to see if our personalized coaching program is right for you. We have helped literally thousands of speakers from all over the world find and book more speaking gigs, and we'd love to see if we could help you as well. Our personalized coaching program features done-for-you websites, done-for-you demo videos, weekly coaching calls, access to all of our educational content. We find speaking leads specifically for you and so much more. You've got the talent. You've got the drive. Let us give you the plan to execute. All you got to do is book your call today by going to thespeakerlab.com slash coach. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash coach. And so it sounds like had, at that point, when you first started uh, jumping into speaking, had you done speaking prior to that? Maybe, I mean, obviously teaching the class, but is it just, was there something there of, uh, I enjoy this, I want to do more of this, uh, I, I, I think I would love being a speaker, or is it more along the lines of um, consulting is a great way to develop some revenue, and so speaking is just kind of lead gen for consulting, and so I need, you know, you can't necessarily have one without the other, or, or where did the interest in speaking start to come from? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I had really hadn't had any public speaking experience other than like church growing up mm -hmm. and speaking in front of a congregation on occasion or um, teaching a class. And, and some of the classes, uh, you know, I, I've taught are generally about 50, but some are, have been larger. And so I feel like I'm comfortable and I've always been comfortable in front of groups of people. Um, but, but I never really had much experience. And I think what drove what, and what really drives my larger business and one of the reasons why I love speaking, we'll probably never get rid of it, is the ability to connect with people and, and to help them and to change their lives. Um, and, and speaking is maybe the best way that I can do that to see a direct impact on what I'm doing, right? So I could write a book and have been fortunate enough to have my book on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list, but I don't see anybody reading it and I don't see the impact mm -hmm. that it has on their lives unless they shoot me an email. But when I'm speaking, I can see the light bulbs go off. And, and I think that's what uh, really fuels me um, in terms of continuing to do that. And really, I, I imagine I'll always want to do that. So early on, you're going, okay, I'm interested in speaking. Um, I, I don't know what I don't know. I'm not really sure what to do next. How did you first come across the speaker lab? Yeah, to be honest, I'm not sure. Um, you're probably doing some good Facebook marketing or, or something along those something lines. Right. Um, and, and I remember that I, I saw it come through like an ad for the speaker's lab, which, which definitely uh, piqued my attention. But then I was like, well, I'm sure that there's other courses out there as well. And so rather than jump on the first one I see, let me do a little bit of research. And for me, um, what, what got me with the speaker's lab is one, it seemed to me to be a focus on, on building a business, like almost yeah. starting from scratch. And the others were that I were finding were a little bit more for people who have already been doing it for a little while. And they were generally a little bit more expensive. And, and so 
just because I was starting off, I didn't have really any revenue coming in. The, the price point was something I was a little bit sensitive to, and it seemed like a very reasonable price point. And, and to get at my need, which was, what the hell do I need to know about speaking? And because I know nothing. And and so, as I got into it, um, to me, it just I, I felt like it laid a great foundation for just what are the what are the things I need to check off my list to just be able to get it going right. So I need a website. I need a video. What does this look like? Um, and it's not that we can't learn that stuff from other sources. It was just, it was a pretty, uh, it was a great, I, I, to me, I, it felt like it was a great comprehensive resource to just building a foundation in which you can jump off of. And, and that's what I felt like it served for me. And then that's great in terms of, uh, of putting together the business, but then there's also the mental component of setting expectations for this, right? So you're going to be speaking for free for a little bit. Not that everybody does, but it's, you know, that's, that's generally what happens and that lightning is going to strike. So you've got to have faith. You've got to trust the process. Um, but, but also when it doesn't strike, don't necessarily run and run away and say, this is never going to happen. I mean, to your point, it is a momentum. What I've learned it is it, it is a momentum game. And, and the, the more, the more you're doing it, the easier it is to build. So I just remember I I felt like that first year I was just hustling all the time to get speaking engagements. And I feel like I'm at the point where I no longer am hustling. Everybody seems to be coming to me. Um, and it's usually based off of the other speaking that I'm doing. And so uh, that to me, that's been one of the biggest stress relievers is just being at a place where I don't feel like I need to hustle to bring in revenue. Yeah. Um, that it's just kind of naturally occurring. And so from speaking, if we fast forward to today, I mean, it sounds like you've done uh, around a hundred gigs, give or take, and it sounds like you've earned, you know, well over a hundred thousand, probably several hundred thousand dollars. Uh, would that be fair? Yep. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, and so uh, you mentioned you're doing speaking. You've also got the consulting, the book, the course, a few different things there. Today, how is speaking kind of fitting in? Is it, you're finding that like speaking uh, helps to feed the other parts of the business or is that, hey, I want to do these other things uh, so I can cut back on speaking or how, how do they all kind of blend together? Yeah, I, I think that, um, and this is where the blending, uh, speaking is the primary way of growing revenue in all of the different elements of my business. Mm -hmm. So if I consider uh, consulting an online course, selling my book as the other elements of the business. The primary way that I drive traffic to those sources is through speaking. And that, that's the best way uh, for me to drive traffic to those sources. So to me, it's, it's almost speaking is kind of the central and even the foundational part of my business. But then also at the same time, that kind of blends over with consulting. Because when I'm consulting with the company, a lot of times that's, you know, I'm doing workshops for the company. And I, so I kind of consider that speaking, but um, as well as speaking in front of, let's just say, a for a conference or things right. like that. Um, and so that's, um, so yeah, it's kind of essentially the central component because everything else um, runs smoothly off of it. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that 
with COVID, it certainly affected your your day to day job as a professor, uh, and certainly affected the perhaps some some gigs that you had had booked that I've had to reschedule, postpone, go virtual. So. Uh, now that we're a few months into this, we're not really sure where the light at the end of the tunnel may be. How has all of this affected your speaking business and how are you thinking about your speaking business kind of going forward in a, in a COVID world? Yeah, it, it's been tricky. I, I, I think I mentioned this. It's been beneficial for me in the sense of I'm doing more, more workshops with organizations, so, mm-hmm. um, which, which is great. Virtually, yeah. Okay. So everything is virtual. I've, I've got one... Uh, in-person session planned for next month. Um, and that'll, that'll be the first one back uh, in person. But, but then there's some limitations to that. Actually, I'm going in person to meet with a small group and I'm going to be on site as I speak to 300 people, but they're all going to be virtual. I'm just going to be in their, in their studio. Gotcha. Um, and so that, that'll be interesting. So Eric, what, what is picked up is me doing workshops for organizations and I, I, that was one of the ways I consciously or intentionally pivoted is I wanted to do more um, ser- like a series of workshops with a leadership team as opposed mm-hmm. to a one-off engagement for a bunch of employees. So I've been doing a lot more series, um, w- which has gone over really well. I, I think where, where, what hasn't happened is I haven't been speaking to, you know, these conferences. So the conferences have all got canceled. So you know, I got, had a conference in Turkey I was going to go to that got canceled. Uh, Association for Talent Development got canceled, which is my primary source of consulting revenue this last year. So that was a big deal. And then there's, a, you know, five or six other big conferences that are like that uh, that just got canceled. And it's going to be hard. What I'm learning now is my challenge is how do I get in front of the types of people that I was going to be speaking with? Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to figure that out. Um, it, which which is tricky. So as I consider moving forward, I'm I'm not so much concerned about my ability to connect with organizations. I am concerned about my ability to connect with new organizations and and other people that would want to bring me in. And that's that's one of the things I'm trying to figure out. The one of the things that has helped um, is um, fortunately. So I wrote a book and. W- fortunately was able to hit the Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller list on that, which was really helpful. And one of the things that I'm trying out is after I hit that, I sent out, I don't know, over a hundred emails to different speaker bureaus to just test the water and see what would happen there. I probably got, I mean, I got probably 20% of people responded and essentially uh, most of those said we're not taking anybody on, particularly because of COVID-19, which, you know, I understand. But there's there's probably five people that got back to me that said, okay, we want you on our speaker bureau. So mm-hmm. I've given my contact information to four different speaker bureaus. I think I'm up on their website. Nothing has come from that yet. Um, I'm not sure I anticipate anything will ever come. And Don't hold your breath. I need to try to figure out how to work with them better. But one of the things that came from it is I got connected to a lady who she doesn't consider herself a speaker bureau. She considers herself a speaker agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so far, we, we, I've just started working with her. And she's also trying to figure out, navigate the COVID-19. But, but so far, we've got, we haven't booked anything, but we've got substantially more leads than I've ever generated on my own. So, and I don't think I would have gotten to her without 
having a having a book. I'm not sure if I needed to hit the Wall Street Journal or USA Today, but um, I'm I'm optimistic. I got my fingers crossed that she'll be a big value add to growing my business, um, both in terms of quantity, but also in terms of compensation as well. Because she's she's been working on on her her average gig is a, over a ten grand gig. Yeah. So, whereas my average gig is probably about $5,000 at the moment. Um, well, and, and so, one thing just to piggyback on there um, is that it's important to note that you approached after you've built a lot of momentum and you've done a lot of gigs. And so I know the, the default for a lot of speakers, especially early on is going, Hey, how do I find a bureau or how do I find an agent? So one of the things that we always say is that if you can't book gigs on your own, an agent or a bureau is not going to be able to do that for you. And so you've already built up some momentum and they can help pour some gas on that fire. Like you said, start to increase the quality of gigs and the quality of fees. Um, but if you're just like, Hey, I've never spoke before. I'm brand new or I've done three gigs, you know, help me book gigs. They're like, uh, we, but ain't nobody got time for that. Right. You, you have to do it yourself. And so that's a big thing that we really teach and preach is that even here at the speaker lab, we don't catch fish for you. We want to teach you how to fish. And then if someone wants to come along for you and say, Hey, let me help you. Here, here's a better way of fishing or here's a better way of, here's a different net or I don't know the fishing analogy is running out, but, uh, but basically just saying like, I can pour gas on that fire of what it is that you're already doing and what's already working. Yeah. Then there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but like, again, to this point, you've really built that on your own. So one of the things I'm curious about, uh, we'll kind of wrap up with this, is for speakers who may be listening right now going, uh, I, you know, I want to be at that point where I'm doing a bunch of gigs and I'm traveling and I'm speaking and I have a book and I have a course and I, uh, I've just seen success from, from my speaking business. Uh, what would you say to them as some of the, the best early steps that you took to, to get to this point? Yeah, I think a uh, great question. For me, one of the things that really stuck with me about, and I believe it came from your course, um, was, or at least it inspired this idea, was if I'm going to speak for free, that that I I put a stipulation on that is I will speak for your group for free, even if I'm like, I will speak for free, but I will speak for your group for free. Uh, what I need, though, is I need... Um, and either an endorsement from you, or I need you to connect me with someone who might be might bring me in for a future engagement. Yeah. And and so as you do, uh, yeah, I don't know, twenty five free gigs, then out of that I probably got fifteen leads or connections, and then four of those probably led to to future gigs, and some of those might have even been free. But then you perpetuate that, and that's where that momentum comes. And for me, um, if, if I was going to talk to somebody who's just starting out is don't be afraid to speak for free. Um, but when you do speak for free, make sure that you get either an endorsement or, um, or a connection to somebody else that might be willing to bring you in for another engagement and then, it, it, and then let the momentum take over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we always say that, that, uh, don't just speak for free out of the goodness of your heart. You know, you're again, you're not running a nonprofit here, so you're providing something of value. And so there's absolutely nothing wrong for you to receive something of value that doesn't have to be in the form of a, of a check. So, uh, Ryan, thanks for the time, man. This has been a lot of fun. Enjoyed hearing your story. Congrats on all the success. Uh, if people want to find out more about you and what you're up to and check out the book, uh, where can we go? Yeah. Best place is the website, ryangoffordson.com. Uh, the book's there. I've got a free mindset assessment that uh, people really enjoy. So if you want to compare the quality of your mindsets relative to 10,000 plus other people who have taken the assessment, I think you'll find it interesting and 
Uh, next best place is probably LinkedIn. So I uh, would awesome. love to connect with anybody there. Very cool. Ryan, thanks for the time, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Grant. Been a pleasure. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab Podcast. And before you take off, don't forget, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review within iTunes. We read every single one of those. It helps it helps other people to find the show. Listen, we, we don't charge anything for you to listen to these. We don't have any ads or anything. We do this because we want to serve and support speakers like you. So one small favor we ask of you is that you would leave us some type of a rating and review. Again, we really, really do appreciate that. If you're looking for more help, support as a speaker as you build and grow your business at whatever stage you're at, don't forget to check out thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. We got a ton of free resources and tools over there. So again, check it out over at thespeakerlab.com. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.